The following is a production of Greenville Presbyterian Theological Seminary. For more information about the seminary, how you can support it, or applying to become a student, please visit www.gpts.edu. Hello and welcome to another edition of Confessing Our Hope, the podcast of Greenville Presbyterian Theological Seminary. My name is Zach Groff. I'm the Director of Advancement and Admissions here. I'm also your host, and I have the privilege of welcoming into the studio today the Reverend Peter Zabo of the Reformed Presbyterian Church of Central and Eastern Europe. He is the pastor of the Congregation of the RPCEE in Budapest, Hungary. Thank you so much for joining me, Peter. Thank you. Thank you, Zach. Peter is in town visiting at uh, Woodruff Road Presbyterian Church and a number of other churches. He also gave a presentation here at the seminary over lunch and preached in our uh, first spring missions chapel. And I have really thoroughly enjoyed getting to know him and getting to know about the RPC CEE as well as being able to sit under his preaching. He's an able expositor of the word and... um, the whole seminary community is nothing short of excited about what the Lord is doing in Eastern Europe. Peter, before we get really started, tell us about, you know, yourself and your family and, you know, how long you've been a minister with the RPCCEE. Thank you for your kind welcome. Uh, I am delighted to be here uh, with you and uh, share my story and uh, our church story as well. So uh, I am a I have been a pastor for the past uh, eight years. Uh, I have been married to my wonderful wife, Erica, uh, for nine years, and now we have three children. Uh, Our uh, oldest is Andras, which is the Hungarian equivalent of Andrew. Uh, He's five years old. We have uh, an Esther and a Hannah. Uh, Both of them are girls, three and one. So that's our small uh, family uh, who... I'm sure miss me, but uh, I miss them as well very much. But I am uh, really delighted to be here with you, Zach, and uh, among other Christians here in the States. Thank you, Peter. We're glad to have you here. Now, give us a brief history of the RPCCEE in, um, you know, in a few minutes. And then I'll probably ask some follow-up questions based you know, on what you tell our listeners about the denomination. Yeah, sure. Thank you for the question. So um, it seems that um, the name of our church is is big, RPCCE. It's quite of impressive, uh, uh, at least it sounds uh, that way. But uh, in fact, we are just a small church, a small denomination. Um, our church consists of um, roughly twenty uh, congregations and preaching points and sixteen pastors. Uh, but we are very glad uh, for this work, for this work of the Lord, and uh, that he was very gracious to us in the past 20, 25 churches. Because, yes, uh, our denomination is 20 years old. This year, 2018, will be uh, our 20th anniversary uh, as for uh, from the foundation of our church. So... Our church has a kind of a unique start because uh, our denomination was started, or the core of our denomination was started as a seminary. So uh, as just I told in my presentation here at the Greenville uh, Presbyterian Theological Seminary, that uh, I know that big things can happen in seminaries, and uh, to this our denomination 
is a living example. So, uh, uh, I first I need to tell you about some of the historical background of uh, our countries, of Hungary um, and, and the Central European countries. In Hungary, we had a special uh, privilege of, uh, of uh, welcoming the reformed face and reformation quite early in the 16th century uh, but uh, sadly the reformation was not really thorough uh, it was a top-down reformation led by the princes and the preachers so it meant that uh, uh, really we have no uh, bible center christ-centered uh, reformed uh, churches in uh, hungary most of our uh, churches or uh, what we have in hungary the uh, uh, the kind of state church uh, the hungarian reformed church uh, is is uh, uh, was taken over by liberalism in the 19th and 20th century. So, uh, and after that, as uh, you, uh, you know, we had a, a communist era of uh, roughly 45 uh, years. Uh, so, uh, after the uh, regime fell in 1989, uh, uh, we had a PCA missionary coming over uh, to Hungary. Uh, uh, we did not know about that, but Christians here in uh, 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 the States, and but also in other parts of the world, prayed very fervently about uh, the uh, fall and about uh, the work of the Lord uh, in these countries. So uh, their prayer got heard and listened to the, their prayers. And so we had this PC missionary coming over, and he started a seminary uh, in 1992. Uh, but th after that, it, it was a, a pure, solid, reformed uh, uh, seminary. Uh, but it became very evident uh, early on that... Uh, uh, we have conflicts with the existing Hungarian Reformed Church because of uh, the ordination of women or the inerrancy of scripture or uh, uh, the ecumenical movement because the Hungarian Reformed Church was part of the world economic movement so uh, and, and ordained women and uh, did not uh, had a high view of, uh, of scripture. So uh, it led to 1997 when there was a council of the bishops uh, of the Hungarian Reformed Church who decided that our church should uh, be expelled uh, from, the uh, from the church yes. and so the students who were studying at the seminary um, uh, faced the dilemma, two choices either they remain in the church and uh, uh, study at one of the ordinary re regular liberal seminaries or, or they will be kicked out of the church and uh, it's got uh, grace uh, and providence that they, most of them, uh, uh, chose the second one. So there we have been in, there, there we are in, in 1997, when we have around 10, 15 young seminary students in their early 20s, and what shall they do? And uh, this uh, missionary, Dr. Robert Trapp, uh, was uh, uh, faithful and uh, uh, was very... Um, um, uh, thoughtful uh, to uh, did not abandon the work there but started a new uh, 
denomination, and it is called the Reformed Presbyterian Church of Central and Eastern Europe. So properly, the start or the foundation of our denomination is 1998. So now we will have our uh, 20th anniversary. So that's in short uh, how we started back in the 90s. The size of the denomination today is, what, about 16 churches, right? Yeah, 16, 16 t- churches and a couple of other preaching points, but uh, I would say 16 churches and, and uh, roughly five or six preaching points, which means that uh, uh, preaching points uh, are those places where we have uh, just uh, a few members or even no members at all, uh, but uh, where, they, where we have either regular uh, worship service or uh, Bible studies weekly or biweekly. And the hope is that those preaching points or what we would call in the States preaching stations would develop into church plants and yes. then particular congregations. Yeah, that's our hope. Yeah. Well, praise the Lord. You you have what seems to be really uh, a great deal of fruit, not only being born by Dr. Rapp's early efforts and what the Lord has done through him and through you all, but also some some good prospects for future growth yes we hope so so one uh, aspect of our growth that's that many of our uh, members are young either young uh, uh, men and women or young families uh, young couples with with small children but the lord blessed us uh, by uh, with drawing many people to our uh, churches and uh, you know um Europe is a very hard soil. So when we think about missions, mostly we we think to uh, missions to third world uh, uh, countries, to Africa or Asia or or uh, other parts of the world. But uh, we hardly re- realize that Europe is as much a, a mission field as these uh, countries are, because. In Europe, we have a kind of a historical Christianity, but uh, uh, it's true that uh, uh, this is just a superficial Christianity in most of the places in in Europe or in continental Europe. And so we have a kind of a face uh, for Christianity, but no essence uh, in there. And this... uh, has a very sad effect on the people because people tend to think of Christianity as a hypocritical uh, religion, and so they uh, do not have people in general have do, uh, do not have so much interest in in the things of God. So I think it's really the God's work, and and uh, he, he blessed us uh, with growth, and uh, that he that we could pre- preserve uh, persevere in the past. Uh, 20 years, uh, it's really for uh, his glory and it uh, testifies his uh, love toward his people. Now, Peter, as being the Reformed Presbyterian Church in Central and Eastern Europe, what would you say forms the, the really the backbone or the foundation of the life of the church in this context, a very hard soil, burned over European superficial Christianity? First, I would say that uh, it's our... Um, uh, faithfulness to the to the historical confessions uh, the Westminster standards but also the three forms of unity which is very popular uh, in Europe but you see when I just uh, I speak about uh, uh, faithfulness to the uh, confessions uh, a lot of uh, traditional churches have confessions and they say that yes they are uh, our confessions we are faithful to them but I think it's one uh, 
thing to say that yes we have these confessions and another uh, thing to say that uh, we try to live according these confessions so second aspect of our uh, of the essence or the backbone of our denomination would be that we try to live uh, both in private life or in family life or in church life according these standards so we are an ordinary means of grace uh, church uh, who who preach the gospel, teach the gospel, uh, and try to live the gospel uh, according to what is taught in the uh, Westminster standards? How deeply encouraging is that? Is 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 that there's there's no special trick or anything like that, but just holding fast to the confession of our hope yes. without failing, and and holding to those uh, ordinary and outward means which God has instituted in his church for the advancement of his kingdom, especially those ordinances of preaching, sacraments, and prayer. And so it's a blessing to hear that. That's what we're taught here at Greenville Seminary, and that's what Dr. Rapp so faithfully taught there in Eastern Europe during his time uh, building the seminary there, which has blossomed forth into what by all measures is a vibrant, though small, church. Yes, yes, and... uh you know, one remark that uh, it's interesting to see, I'm not, I'm not an expert on this field, but when new seminaries started, I think uh, those who, who blossomed and prevailed were, which had a very solid doctrinal foundation. And here is just as in, in the, at the Greenville Seminary, or it is true that uh, one of the greatest heritage we got from Dr. Rapp is really the solid reformed uh, uh, teaching. Uh, nothing added, nothing artificial, just uh, pure reformed teaching. No fog machines. <laughs> no, 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 no. We don't have that. <laughs> All right, Peter. Now, as we all know, once denominations get to a certain size, they run into certain issues, one form or another. And one of the segments I do here on the podcast most summers is uh, called our denominational debrief, where I sit down with members of different denominations after their synods or their general assemblies, and we go over what happened. So what kinds of issues are you all wrestling with in the RPCCEE at the denominational level? And what kinds of challenges are your churches facing? Yes, so we uh, face a number of challenges. Uh, one one uh, uh, challenge is, of course, um, how the world around us affects us. So uh, as far as secularism is, is, you know, very deep in the society. So uh, it's really hard to get or teach a Christian worldview and to show that reform teaching is so much more than about the five points of Calvinism. This is really a kind of a backbone, but but we need a, a reformed worldview ver- for for the whole life, from from family life to till uh, uh, evangelism, or uh, how to uh, really ordain elders or deacons in the church, or how how do we think in terms of of uh, relationship with other churches? So. Uh, one thing I uh, I uh, uh, think is uh, uh, to develop relationship, fraternal relationships with other uh, conservative, reformed, Presbyterian denominations. So that that's one 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 issue which I think we we 
uh, start to make a, a, a started to make a good progress. But but you think that's I think very important. So if we are Presbyterians, then we cannot be just on our ourselves. We need to to have ties to others uh, uh, other. Uh, uh, reformed churches as well. Another thing uh, would be, as just I said, how we can react faithfully to secularism, to uh, to charismatic teaching, which is quite you know uh, well spread in in Hungary as well. How we can uh, react to kind of libertine Christianity, so that kind of Christianity which says that, oh, we do not uh, need to take the Bible so seriously, we can live the life we, would, we want, a life really not so different from the words. Uh, that would be another thing. So all these challenges together, so how, how we can remain a faithful uh, Reformed Church uh, amidst of, of these uh, teachings and challenges. And the third thing would be um, uh, really that uh, I, I sense this is uh, uh, the situation here, that we have uh, people uh, in our churches who are single, who want to remain faithful to the Lord, but just uh, cannot find spouses because of these wide variety of Christians and because of the very shallow or very, very few reformed churches in, in uh, our country. So that would be another thing I, I would, would like to pray uh, uh, you uh, about or for, that that uh, our, our people can honor God if it's uh, his will in uh, in uh, Christian marriages. Your denomination's a young denomination, and, and as a result, most of your members are pretty young too, right? Yes, yes, yes. Some of our, uh, a great number of our people are young, yep. And so that, that introduces a particular challenge in the life of the church as well, especially when you're seeking out uh, leadership and ordained leadership among among your sessions and your diaconates. Can you open up that issue for us? And and you know, I guess the prayer request that the RPCCEE has in terms of its lay leadership. Thank you for uh, for bringing this up, uh, Zach. So yes, another uh, thing challenge we face is really uh, how to how we can ordain elders and deacons in in our uh, churches, and. Uh, Again, we see the Lord's faithfulness uh, in this because we were able to ordain some, and we are in the process of, of ordaining some more. So, so we hope that by the end of the year, uh, more than half of our churches will have ordained elders. Hopefully, we 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 pray for it and we try to do um, our uh, part uh, for it. But but this is really what we see that uh, maturity. Uh, doesn't come very quickly. So we need to be patient. Uh, we need to be in prayer uh, for the things. We need to faithfully uh, teach uh, our our men and uh, our churches, and we hope that the Lord will uh, uh, will uh, do and will or uh, give us people, men, who will be uh, really fit. To, the, to this task. Thank you, Peter. Moving down from the the big denominational picture and some of these these you know social and cultural problems that you all are, are running up against, and praying that the Lord would 
provide relief for. Uh, what does a day in the life of Reverend Peter Zabo of Budapest, Hungary, look like? I used to say that my ministry has three or three plus one uh, pillars. So one uh, important pillar is teaching and preaching. So we have uh, a morning service on the on the Lord's Day. So at the moment we do not have an evening service. We we we, we do have a morning service. So I prepare uh, for the uh, uh, morning service. So we preach, I preach, and all my other uh, fellow pastors preach uh, in the Lectio Continua method. So we uh, usually take one book or an epistle or a gospel and preach from the beginning uh, till the end. And we have midweek uh, Bible studies, which are led uh, by the pastors. And so we try to teach about other things, maybe topical uh, issues or topical things. So what the church needs. Uh, another pillar of my uh, uh, ministry is, uh, is counseling, so uh, shepherding. So we are shepherds, we are teachers and shepherds, and we uh, need to faithful to our calling. And so, uh, uh, yeah, a substantial amount of my time would be to meet with people, to either to invite them to uh, my home or to visit them at their home and and doing pastoral visits and if needs uh, uh, are so, then follow-up visits or uh, when we have um, situations, then then we uh, uh, even set up a regular counseling uh, meeting with them. So that's for the Christians in the church. A third pillar of my ministry would be the evangelism and discipleship. So we, because we are a small church small denominations i have uh we have this practice of of trying to meet uh privately with every one who comes to our church so if uh, he uh, or she is open to that then we try to go we have a a, a membership course a membership uh, a class and we uh, try to go one-on-one or two-on-one, so my, my wife present or other people uh, present, and try to go systematically through the teachings of the Bible. Of course, if he, he is not at that point yet, I would take other topics such as the deity of Christ or the reliability of Scripture, so what, what the people need. So that would be a third pillar. And the fourth uh, somewhat hidden pillar is administration and all the administrative stu- uh, stuff uh, a pastor needs to deal with. So we have no uh, secretary or uh, we, we the pastor shall uh, do this work as well. And lately I, I also um, added a fifth pillar which will uh, which is kind of uh, how I can manage my my relations uh, uh, our church relations uh, so I'm in correspondence with other uh, churches or or, uh, or pastors uh, outside of, of Hungary, Romania, and Ukraine. And I can see that right now because you're here outside of Hungary, Romania, yeah. and Ukraine <laughs> in the United States uh, managing some relationships with other pastors and particularly PCA churches in the area here. And tell us a little bit about your trip here stateside. What are you doing while you're here? How long are you here? I know you're at Woodruff Road, but beyond that, uh, what other things does Pastor Robbins have you uh, have you doing? My trip is uh, 
is really, again, a living example of the providence and goodness and graciousness of God. Uh, First, the the idea of, of, of the trip came for, uh, from uh, Pastor Robbins, who, who invited to come over and speak about my church and the ministry we do here. We have a, a close contact with, with uh, Pastor Robbins, uh, at least for the, the last 10 years or so. He visited us twice in Hungary. He preached at uh, one of our conferences. So uh, we are very glad for that relationship. But uh, as time uh, progressed and my and the date of my trip uh, came closer and closer another point uh, opportunities uh, were added to my trip so i had the privilege to uh, to visit and preach at the midway presbyterian church near atlanta uh, in, in powder springs georgia uh, i also have uh, uh, this uh, amazing uh, opportunity to to be invited to the Ligonier conference uh, to Orlando Fl- Florida uh, and uh, n- and uh, I will uh, have the coming uh, Greenville uh, uh, seminaries conference ahead of us for which I am uh, extremely grateful so yeah that's just a sketch of, of my trip Peter's trip is carrying him across pretty much the entire southeast I mean he's going to be going all over the place and he's already put some serious miles uh, on himself while he's here so he's proven to be very productive and industrious at least uh, during his time here stateside and uh, he was a blessing like I said to the seminary last week when he preached in our mission chapel and gave a presentation about the RPCCEE over lunch during that lunch presentation you told us about some of the uh i guess extracurricular efforts of the denomination so beyond the ordinary means of grace local church ministry your church does a few other things within the hungarian speaking uh, community can you tell us a little bit about the book publishing efforts and also about the summer camp efforts yes yes so uh really uh our uh church this is also part of our heritage. It's uh, not what we invented or uh, what was our idea, but what we thought and learned from devout Christians, such as Dr. Rapp or other uh, Christians, just um, uh, to pick a family name, even uh, Dr. J. Adams uh, came over and lectured us, uh, uh, I think, back back in the, in the 90s. So we are so grateful uh, for this heritage. And uh, from these trips and experiences started uh, uh, to develop uh, our ministries. Uh, and one, uh, just as you uh, said, is publication ministry. So we have a kind of reformed heritage in Hungary, as I, I, I uh, told you about, but uh, uh, we have very few reformed titles still. We have some some very good titles, such as Calvin Institutes or some of his commentaries. But at the same time, we have no reform titles really on practical issues, such as uh, Christian child rearing or uh, how to celebrate the Lord's Day or uh, 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 shepherding a child's heart from uh, that trip. Uh, and so we started to publish books and books uh, uh, from really the, the the greatest authors available. We published books from uh, uh, R.C. Sproul, from uh, James Boyce, uh, from from Jay Adams, from, or Chad Tripp, or Sinclair Ferguson. So we we were able to 
to do this work as part of our ministry. And our uh, current title we are working at the moment is uh, Respectable Sins from uh, Jerry Bridges, so which is another very good uh, title. So this would be one one part of our ministry. Another part would be the camps and conferences. So from early on, we uh, try to emphasize how important and how um, important uh, outreach opportunities to have summer camps, to invite children or invite adult uh, people uh, and, and teach them about the gospel or teach them about uh, 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 the Reformed faith. And so we have at the moment roughly 18 camps uh, throughout the three countries we uh, uh, work in, in Hungary, Romania and Ukraine. Uh, and these camps draw uh, more than uh, 500 uh, people uh, uh, to these uh, um, activities. And besides the camps, we have uh, six regional conferences during the year, which have an attendance of more than 700 people. So for, for these numbers, we are uh, very, very grateful. And uh, another uh, uh, thing would be, uh, I think it's uh, more and more relevant in our present age, is the online ministry. So we try to, we have a, a dedicated site uh, which gathers uh, uh, the sermon from our pastors, from the 16 pastors, and puts it online. So we have more than 5,000 uh, sermons available, which is very widely uh, listened to and recognized. So this is, again, again, uh, this was a blessing. Uh, we also have a distance education program, so to train future pastors for the ministry or even future uh, elders or, or elders who, who uh, deepen their theological knowledge. So we have uh, um, also a distance uh, education uh, program. For a small denomination, it seems like you all are doing a lot of heavy lifting. And as we like to say here at the seminary, punching outside of your weight class. <laughs> so I'm thankful for you and thankful for the work that you're doing among um, I guess the Hungarian speaking communities of Central and Eastern Europe. Now, one question that begs to be answered, Peter, is how can Presbyterians in other countries, America and elsewhere, come alongside of you and support you in this work? What we experienced uh, in throughout all of our church history is the power of prayer. So first, I would like to emphasize really to if if it's um, in your heart and uh, then pray for us pray for the church of the reformed presbyterian church of central and eastern europe pray for our 16 pastors the pastors families pray for our outreach and church planting efforts pray for uh, our members to, re to remain faithful to the reformed faith and to live out this uh, this great heritage uh, pray uh, for our publication ministry or our summer camp so we have really a wide um, uh, list for prayer points so if, if you'd like to consider that another uh, uh, point for contact and help would be to to for short-term missions so as i as i just said we have we have summer camps we have english teaching camps english teaching uh, uh weeks uh and uh you see there are plenty of opportunities for somebody who, who the lord calls you just come over or send send people and be part of this ministry of uh be part of this work of the the lord uh and, and third, of course, uh, it's 
uh, always a sensitive issue, but but we have some of our churches who struggle to to be self-supportive, who, who struggle to to care for their pastors, and and uh, and yeah, a financial support is also also an option. But you know what uh, what uh, bringing player. Uh, in front of the Lord and, and see what, what you can do if, if you are in the position to, to support us. Well, we're happy that you're here, that you're able to spend some time with us at the seminary and in our local churches, and that uh, Pastor Robbins down at Woodruff Road Presbyterian Church is is playing the part of advocate for you and, and even agent for you, introducing you to different friends of his and ours around the Southeast. Um, those, those of our listeners who don't know, Carl Robbins is a senior pastor at Woodruff Road Presbyterian Church and also a sitting board member at Greenville on our on our board, the seminary's board. And so we enjoy a really close relationship with the RPCCEE and looking forward to seeing that relationship continue to grow closer. Peter, do you have any closing thoughts for our listeners before I let you go? What I sense here, and I, I, I really want to share with you because uh, uh, I have I have had some expectation before my trip. Uh, uh, but uh, what the Lord gave me here is really... Uh, what I cannot uh, believe or cannot uh, expect uh, before that. So uh, your kind welcome. Uh, the encouragement, encouragement I, I get from other Christians, the support either in uh, prayer or or in short-term missions. So it's so good to see that that Woodrow Road and also other churches send their members to us for 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 three weeks or even for five weeks. So we have we have uh, really. Uh, we have experienced and a great fellowship with them. So my words or my closing remark is, is that of a, of a gratitude toward the Lord, but also toward you uh, Christians here in the United States and, and here in these churches. And I know that the Lord uh, used you very uh, importantly in, in, the, in the life of our church. So I, I, I really want to um, encourage you and and say uh, thanks to you that that keep up the good work supporting not not just us because it's it's not not about us but also where the uh, Lord of Work began where you have mission opportunities either in Europe or in other countries just just be faithful to your calling and 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 do this because you you are a tremendous uh, encouragement to the missionaries uh, and to the simple ordinary Christians abroad. Amen. Thank you so much, Peter, for joining me in the studio today. Thank you very much. You've been listening to a production of Greenville Presbyterian Theological Seminary. For more information about the seminary, please visit www.gpts.edu.